Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you insightful conversations to awaken consciousness for soul growth. Come journey with us through astrology's energetic cycles and get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. Hello, good evening, morning, afternoon, wherever you are, and whenever you're listening to Talk Cosmos Insightful Conversations to Awaken Consciousness, because this is really a subject today about Chiron, and the little tag of it is Chiron moving to feel, which of course Chiron will do. It's that bridge between our different consciousnesses, and it isn't until that, that sorrow, that wound within us that we learn how to share with others. But I have a wonderful panel, Planet Buzz, and we will go into this at more depth. And today, I might say, is December 3rd. We're finishing up the last month of this year. And it looks like things kind of can smooth out to help us along that path. At any rate, I have other folk to help me. And thank you so much. So now we are ready for Focusing on perspectives of pattern planet cycle relationships and understanding their archetypal energy consciousness, reflecting through history, current events, mythology, and philosophical questions, these are the members of Planet Buzz. I'm Sue Rose Minahan, collaborating with guests weekly since 2018. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, consultant, workshop facilitator, and lecture speaker. I'm a Dwarf Planet University graduate, charter member of Kepler Astrology Toastmaster Club. I have an AA degree and a fine arts music degree in jazz. I'm a certified color energy life coach, a writer, artist, musician, and ardent mythologist, a student of esoteric philosophies and life. And I'm Dr. Laura Tan. I work as a spiritually oriented psychological astrologer with students and clients around the world. As a counselor, writer, and educator, I love helping people recognize their inner strengths, take advantage of auspicious moments, and navigate times of challenge with greater ease. On my own podcast, Mythic Sky Storytime, I discuss astrology, mythology, and actualizing our full potential. Learn more at mythicsky.com. And as the ancient hermetic code reveals, As below, so above. As above, so below. The floating planets. Hi, Laura, Dr. Tad. It's always a pleasure. And we have a wonderful guest, Tracy Quinlan from Canada, Edmonton, Canada. Hi, Tracy. Hi. Yes, I'll give you your um, bio here. And I suppose, Nate, we could have these slides too. And people can reference these at their will and find people. Tracy... Her website is consultthesky.com. She's a certified astrologer from two different schools, a consultant, a local and conference speaker, and an author. She's been practicing for nine years, and she has those certificates from the prestigious Kepler College, which is the most popular, voted recently. So it has great esteem and great ability and the School of Traditional Astrology, the STA, and has a Bachelor of Arts in Sociology and Psychology. 
She served as the interim board member for AFAN and the president for Edmonton Astrological Society, her local astrological group, which happens to be, I think, the oldest in Canada. It's really quite has esteem of itself, uh, created by Chris McRae, the great astrologer. And she continues to be on that board as an active past president. She writes the horoscopes for the Llewellyn astrological calendar. I certainly buy their <laughs> one for the year every year. I It's a go-to. She's also published in astrological publications. She's spoken for different conferences and local groups, UAC and NORWAC. Those are acronyms for major conferences. And Interestingly, which we'll learn more about as we discuss this later in the session today, a practitioner of acutonic sound therapy. That's where the world is sound. Edgar Casey said that's the healing modality, I believe, and continues to learn that and develop it. So there you go. Thank you, Tracy. <laughs> and here's for having me. Indeed. It's interesting. Last week we had Donna Young also from your neck of the woods. My right? buddy. Yeah, you bet. She doesn't live and, far from me. Oh, good. And then our panel member that we used to have, of course, was Leslie Francis. So it's now, I think, the president of your association. So yeah. it's exciting to reach across the border. Of course, for me, it's the sea and the border. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So here's Dr. Tad's and I might mention, we hadn't mentioned, and we'll bring it up again, but she's going to be facilitating, co-facilitating Goddess Awakening Retreat in February in the warm land in Central America, Nicaragua. So that's going to be exciting. And for myself, here I am. So, Chiron, I thought maybe a little visuality, visibility, where it is, not that we can see it, but in space, it's out there. It's a wonky orbit. Yeah, ellip right? Elliptical. It has eight years in Aries, which we're still finishing up for two years, a year and a half or so, along with Pisces. And then one or two years in its polarity signs of Virgo and Libra, but then the other eight signs for four years. It's a long session here. And it bridges, it, it crosses the orbits. That's what they mean by bridging, I think, which will bring up between Saturn, which we can see and the boundaries and Uranus that breaks them. I thought that's, I don't know if we talk about that a lot in astrology, but it, to me, it's, it's sort of a, one of the foundational points that shows some of our, how it works. Unless you have something to say, shall I go, go well, ahead? I think, I mean, just, because Chiron, we use a lot in astrology as an asteroid, but he is a unique one in that it's not part of the asteroid belt, right? All the other asteroids are have much faster cycles comparatively, right? And that, that there is a uniqueness to that. Right. And even and sometimes when I've... Oh, go ahead, Tracy. Oh, I was yeah. just going to say, isn't technically they call it a centaur? Isn't yes. That, yeah. It yeah. is. Let's go on with that then. Okay, so here we are. The master healer, teacher, wounded healer, the alchemist. I once read, and I love that, 
And it's that half body, upper man, lower animal. And some say it's because they synthesize, they control. It's not just control. It's I think it gets your nature in harmony, your natural nature. Um, yeah, well, and Chiron sometimes is even depicted as having more, being physically very different than some of the other, uh, right. Centaurs that most centaurs look like this one here. That's the upper body being human, the lower body being horse, but Chiron is sometimes depicted as the front legs still being human. Um, Uh I've seen that he's a very unique he also, in that he was a demigod, right? That all other centaurs were creatures. And Chiron being, having his father be Saturn or Kronos in the Greek myth, right? That he's half God, half horse. In, and that's part of his mythology, part of the story of him being the wounded healer and his the story of what he's suffering from when he's poisoned with the arrow from Hercules. Local. Yeah, we'll go on to that, that. That he has a fatal wound he can't die from because he's a demigod. Yeah, his father. He can't die. Pardon me for jumping in. Yes, his father was Saturn, the Titan, for folks to know that that's, again, one of his uh, orbits that he crosses. And his mother was a nymph. And you read, what are the nymphs? They're these spirits that go in the water and the rivers and the land. and But she was revolted by him his sight, which is pretty common with quite a few, what, quote, monsters and minotaur and kinds of different ones. But anyway, the sun and moon raised him and taught him. He became this master healer about warfare, prophecy, hunting, music. I'm waiting. I could go on, but I know both of you. And I don't know, uh, Tracy, just how you are with the mythology, but this does show, this is just to illustrate the story that you were bringing up, Laura. Well, I like, sorry, I was going to say, I like what Laura said about the different imagery with him being, you know, human and then just horse on the back because he wasn't accepted by centaurs either. And that's a big part of the mythology is he didn't really fit anywhere. Right. He wasn't accepted anywhere except for by a few personal people who took them under his wing. So interest. Imp- no, that's it. <laughs> well, inter- yeah. And no, we can speak and pardon me, but I'll quit saying that. Men- it's true. I have seen many pictures with the legs on. And this is always a, a new interpretation of a, the not new, but multifaceted interpretations that are so important. But many, many artists and even astrodites refer to the whole body uh, and just the upper man. Regardless, he had this, this really intru- unity of our inherent nature of, of, of the wild with our cerebral, you could say, spiritual as we, we tend to think of it. But yeah, and, and, and as Tracy was saying, that piece that of his ostracism Right. Regardless of how he's visually depicted, the ostracism is a big part of the story and the wounded healer archetype. Right? Definitely. And that part of his journey being that it's because of that ostracism that partly led to his search for healing that made him such 
made him really the father of medicine, even though we give that to Asclepius, who was his student. Um, but that, you know, that that's part of that archetype for all of us, right? Is that wherever we are most wounded, wherever we have the biggest soul challenge, right? Is where we have the greatest capacity to help and heal other people. That's the whole concept of beautiful healing. Yes. Um, and it's through our pain, through helping others through similar challenges that we, it's that almost like a homeopathic interaction and that symbiotic exchange that leads to freedom that lead for him in the myth, right? As he's released from his body, um, but leads to the healing that's necessary. Yeah, um, he's the only demigod or god that died. It has that you in order to release, in order to transform. And interestingly, too, there's that I hadn't read that particular interpretation, but the fact that Zeus adopted him, I haven't always read that, but meaning adopted him, maybe embraced him, brought him back because he went to Hades where he's not supposed to return from the mortals, but yet brought him back up to the heavens and named whether it was Centaurus, the constellation, or Sagittarius, the constellation, you hear different interpretations. But it is that, it's so true, it, it is that, and we'll get into that much along, how it it tells our story of Chiron. Yes. I hear your silence. Did you have anything else or shall I go on? Okay. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Well, time heals all wounds. And I have thought that if the liver represents grief, is that resolution because we were focused on our own so deeply and it isn't until we share it. This is really just saying everything you said. I liked that connection to the liver. I, I thought mm -hmm. that was quite powerful. It is. It is. I think that was through Louise Hayes, you know, the wonderful healer herself of Hay House no longer alive. Well, I very much. She was very much a Chiron archetype. Her whole journey came out of her own illness, right? And her search to heal. So, you know, she was very much a embodied. I don't know her chart, but I would bet that her Chiron was pretty prominently placed. Um, it would she, be exciting to look at. The one point here is just that Barbara Hand Cow Cloud, several books besides Melanie Reinhardt about Chiron that are so notable that we know in our mainstream consciousness just brings attention to the idea that Chiron's that mediator between, as she said, the material and the spiritual is one way of phrasing it. But I also like this, but uh, this is through astro.com. Ava Stangenberg, a German astrologer, says that we're not whole. And we have, therefore, it gives us compassion. I thought, wow. This one has Parkinson's and it showed a new light on this whole. Wow. Well, yeah, and em empathy, right? Living through your own, understanding your own pain to help others. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, Laura, you brought up these wonderful points. Yeah. The, well, and yeah. so this, because some of what we're going to explore is looking specifically at Chiron conjunct the North Node and Aries. So these aren't the only times Chiron's been in Aries. These are only the times Chiron has been in Aries conjunct the North Node and Aries. 
Good point. Um, and so the last time that happened was the late 60s. Um, and I find sometimes it's helpful to look at what's occurred in the past. Just obviously it's not a carbon copy of the past, but giving us sort of a flavor of things we might be seeing. Um, and so this the last time in the in the late 60s. So Yale, which had since at the beginning been an all-male school, decides to start letting women in. And Aries as an archetype has so much to do with the self. And so self-identifying and how that the healing that may have occurred, shifts that occurred in that that in that time around how even how the school was identifying or what it means to identify as, you know, that the relationship with self and other, that's that Libra Aries archetype. Um, and along those lines, you know, so in the States around the same time that students can have stand up for their own opinions and not be kicked out of school, right? Again, that idea of owning self, self-identity and, and the the ahead. bravery, the bravery of Aries, right? That ability to stand um, in your own place and say what is important to you and feel free to say that. Yeah, yeah I like that. I'm amazed yeah. if I might comment that this was actually an official ruling. I mean, I lived during those times and I had no idea that because it was Kent State, they were, you know, right about that. I think that year mm -hmm. or the year before. At any rate, thank you. Yeah. Um, and then in Canada, right, abortion and contraception is legalized again, like sovereignty, which is so Aries as an archetype, you know, mm. that, you know, before yeah. it happened in the States, but, you know, by a couple <laughs> of years. So forward. Oh, Canada, we need, we need our friendship. This is good. Um, and similar in Canada, right? So then it's this, the, the, the double languages of Canada. Right. And so the honoring of the sovereignty of Montreal and Quebec, right? And yeah. even though it was duality and sing instead of a single of energy, it's still like itself, which seemed in alignment as yeah. well. Yeah, definitely. It, it's so huge. It's like really the fact that Canada with your president has tried to make amends to the original, or to the, the indigenous native Canadians, such as we need to do in all countries. I think yeah. Australia is trying to do this too, but yeah. Yeah. It's Worldwide beautiful. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this still remains a, a, a interesting that it's an Aries because this still remains a challenge and a fight is <laughs> this, you know, um, this language barrier between the two sides. And, and I, I live in a part of the country where English is the, is the language, but uh, and and would rather not have to deal with French, but we have lots of French people living here. And so it remains a dual language country. And I love that about us. Well, like here, we have Spanish. If you go to Walmart and in, in this small Kailua Kona, we have a Walmart and it's a main uh, store. And of course, everything is in, has been, we did rearrange things, but in two languages and it's good practice. It's like, oh, okay, it means this or it means that, you know, I like it myself. Some sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, and, and yeah, and it can be interesting as we come back to this. I'm like, how think what's going to be revisited around this issue that's still an issue in Canada? How what resolution or not, right, might emerge, what healing around the conflict of this could potentially emerge during 
this upcoming cycle. Right. Right. Um, And I also put in just the moon landing because of that sense of like self, who are we being within the cosmos as opposed to our individual identity in the planet, but it's still, it changed our personal relationship with the the moon cosmos represents personal. Anyway, this is perfect, right? You know, the moon is our personal emotions, our habits, our past, our memories. Thank you. Yeah, right. and similar, you know, with Woodstock and how that shifted identity and and different things around that and the healing of some of that and some of the music that came out of that era. Um, and then Sesame Street debuting, which had a lot to do initially with trying to level the playing field of education. That they were looking at the educational disparities in this country anyway of lower income communities and kids not getting the foundation that they needed and it being a way of repairing that um, seemed like an interesting way for Chiron and Aries to be manifesting of taking charge of of that healing. And one of the things that sticks out for me with these events is they're all trailblazing events, you know, essential trailblazing, which is such an Aries keyword, right? That led to healing in Aries. With a yeah. big following. Yes, it's so like it's we're entering Pluto with Aquarius. I'm thinking that because it's often said Aries isn't necessarily looking to have followers, but they, they blaze the trail and, of course, opens it up so others can follow. And right. here we have a ton of people, each one. It's really a signification around this, these events. Yeah, and then I had to go all the way back to 1875 to find this signature again with Chiron and Aries conjunct the North Node and Aries, right? So Chiron had been in Aries multiple times during that, right? And now the whole other cycle. Yeah. It's a 50-year cycle. So there was one that missed this alignment, and I just found it really interesting that it was the founding of osteopathy. So here's the Chiron wounded healer literally a, a founding yeah. um, of an entire approach to medicine. Right. Well, and what's interesting about that is when I went over the the conjunction in 69, 70, whatever, as Chiron was still in Aries, not necessarily with the conjunction of the North Node, but um, that is when craniosacral osteopathy, right? So I thought that was kind of fascinating that there was still a connection with uh, Chiron and Aries to that. And I just wanted to say that the, 69 conjunction or 73 conjunction when they almost miss each other it almost doesn't happen because it happens at zero degrees yeah and so it it almost didn't wasn't a conjunction with a north node <laughs> yeah <laughs> wow yeah you know what's really fascinating is thinking deeper about these medical practices involving the body and then the mind the head you know the whole the whole of us, because it, it is, you know, I mean, Chiron was afflicted in his body, but then he had to make amends, choices. You know, it, Prometheus, I hadn't understood, but was going to be punished until one of the gods would give up his immortality. It was the first time I'd read that. I thought, boy, it's just, that's a whole myth I would love to spend hours really With the liver. diving into. It, it mm-hmm. was a liver right. thing too, right? Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. Picking out the liver. <laughs> yeah. I think that's why I looked at, uh, yes, yes, the grief. 
because the eagle was picking out the liver. So it was like, why the liver? Way back then even. But it, it yes, indeed. And it would renew every day. Well, grief is like that. Grief is very overwhelming until we manage to get a hold of some other raft in life. <laughs> we can talk about that. Uh, yeah, okay. So if we're looking... We're just, I brought this up because this is today. No, this isn't today, but this is the first chart because as this marches along, we're, we've been talking about when Aries conjuncts the North Node, which won't, Aries, the North Node conjuncts Chiron, which will be February 19th. But in the meantime, there's this series of, of, of changes, not to go into all of them, but just to look at this new moon and... Uh, I don't know. Well, so it's it's at a trine. It's trining the North Node. Is that where you're going with that? Well, perhaps. It was just trying to get a little bit, a bridge, maybe a bridge. I don't know, from here <laughs> to there. But help, help from our friends. I think in our notes, Tracy, you were saying that the energies are fortuitous. They're, they're, they're not as daunting as past Christmases. And we have a little energy helping us. Because it's a process. Our wounded, we don't just jump to Chiron being conjunct the North Node of Destiny to have amazing things happen. It's a process. I think that's right. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's trying. It's um, kind of leading into the Christmas holidays, um, maybe shining some more positive light on that North Node and Aries stuff and the Chiron stuff. Um, and, yeah. and I think, too, I will bring this up, the very fact that Jupiter, which is is in these long aspects, I forget now how long, but it's not just a, short, a few days, it's rather long. Yeah. I think it's because Jupiter is still retrograde, but it will go direct yeah. at the end of the month. So it's slowing down. And as you had said, too, oh, no, never mind. I was thinking of... Um, well, yes, Aries, Chiron and Aries is kind of slow too because it has such a long. Well, its orbit yeah, is so elliptical mm -hmm. that it spends yeah. an extended period of time. So we have a lot Aries. of time to think this trine between our belief systems with our thinking gathering. And of course, Mercury is going to go into that retrograde and also opposing Venus, which is the ruler of the South Node. It's it's a lot of time to start thinking about our values, which has a lot to do about healing. It's kind of interesting that Pallas is conjunct Venus so tightly there um, in, a, in a Mars sign, because it's maybe a little foreshadowing of um, what kind of ideals, beliefs, values people are going to be willing to fight for. Mm -hmm. oh, I love that. Yeah. Well, we... We're just about at that moment where we're going to we're going to return, and this is the chart of the actual conjunction, and we'll talk about we can, unless you have something that stands yeah, out. Yeah, maybe we'll take a break and come back and look at this. Okay, beautiful. Thank you, Tracy Quinlan from Edmonton, Canada, and thank you, Dr. Laura Tad from Georgia, and this is. Talk Cosmos Planet Buzz. We'll be right back with Chiron.
moving to heal. Thank you. While we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the Yang period of Sagittarius, ruled by the largest of all planets, Jupiter, the Roman god, or Zeus by the ancient Greeks. By leaving a cycle based on power and powerlessness of life and death and regeneration, involving committed relationships, Sagittarius energy finds meaning for an expanded perspective and potential for actualization in their search for truth. As a mutable fire sign depicted by the centaur, Sagittarius is adventurous and seeks the beyond. Sagittarius travels to far places, physically and mentally, to find the truths of life. This is Martha Norwalk, every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m. Thanks in part to Natasha Venter at AngelicClarifications.com, we cover the world of animals. This week, it's best neuroenergetic balancing, Rasmussen Reset, and Energy Codes Sunday. That means Dr. Nels Rasmussen and Sister Linda Rasmussen will be here. Together, they can help you and your animal friends with emotional, behavioral, or physical issues. So I hope you'll plan to join us and call in for Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Talk Cosmos brings insightful conversations to awaken consciousness for the soul growth with hour-long programs every Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific on KKNW. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel and Facebook page. While you're there, make sure you click the like and subscribe buttons so you get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. And to find out about upcoming programs, sign up for the newsletter at TalkCosmos.com. So grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha and enjoy the show. Tell your friends about Alternative Talk 1150. We're back. And here we are. And at this point, I always ask each one of you to give a little update about what's happening. And I have the first slide with you, Dr. Ted. So please. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I keep Uh forgetting that. It doesn't show. Okay, go ahead. Um, yeah, so um, as I've said, I'm once again going to be running the Goddess Awakening Retreat with a good friend of mine down in Nicaragua this year. It's going to be February 10th through the 17th. Um, and it'll be a combination. There'll be yoga every morning um, and then a workshop late morning um, that'll different workshops. Some will be on astrology, some will be on meditation, uh, creative expression and healing, various different workshops throughout the day. Each day, there'll also be opportunities to go zip lining in the jungle or horseback riding on the beach. Um, And it's an incredibly healing experience to be there. Um, I found I was there this past February, and it's a opportunity to decompress and relax and also have a cathartic healing experience of connecting with the sacred feminine, both for yourself and in a more collective sense. So um, we'd love to have people come and you can check it out on my website. Um, And if you register, I know not everybody listens to this live, but if you register by Tuesday, the fifth, you also get a free massage. 
Ooh, I love it. And I'm going to redo this particular slide because you have many more. Go to mythicsky.com, folks, and you'll find everything about it. Yeah. Well, let, and Tracy, thank you, Laura. Tracy, I brought this up, and anything else you want to say will be fine. Um, yeah. So I'm instead of classes in January, I'm opening up a membership. Uh, where people can come and we'll do monthly workshops uh, to help people learn how to work with their charts. We'll do monthly updates on the transits. Uh, I'll also be uh, dropping my new podcast with our friend Lillian Bennett called Sky Notes. And so that will begin in January. Um, yeah, so the best way to get access to any of this is to sign up for my newsletter, which you can do by going to my website, which is consultthesky.com. Oh, that's good. everything. Well, I'll have to update your bio real quick. 2024 <laughs> is happening, both of you. Thank yes, you. And a cutonic sound therapy, which we'll go into. Well, thank you. You know, I'm going to go back to some of these slides because it's always hard to know when we... Uh, Darn. If I could get 14, that's what I need. Okay, maybe I can get it here. Patience. There we go. Okay, 14. So that was the exact one that was the North Node. Yes, conjunct. Mm -hmm. In uh, February on the 19th, and that's going to be in the evening EST time, Eastern Standard Time at Four o'clock in the afternoon, 12 minutes and 21 seconds. Um, and yeah, well, I don't know. I have several people in my life whose birthday this is. So my brain starts turning <laughs> to calculate if this is their solar return. Um, but I think that part of, so often i think with any particularly right the outer planets or we could throw chiron into that any exact transit usually announces itself right the applying aspect is always much more intense than the separating and so yes this is the exact it's the culmination sort of like the full moon right it's like the whole it's building and building and building and then it's at its apex um and so it's really moving throughout this winter, really, this building of healing of self, right? And it's really interesting. I was thinking about it, of this idea that there's such this extended period of time that Chiron spends in Aries and that as humans, we tend to have so much wounding around self of who, mm -hmm. right? Aries is I am and so many people struggle with with owning their their self with feeling comfortable leaning standing in that and or being accepted for who they are yeah and Definitely. and thank you I, I, and tracy i know you have things to say i because we have other ideas that we want to go on with and i appreciate us looking at the chart so to kind of ground a little bit because what you've said totally supports the idea of this process we're involved in. Here we have Pluto entering Aquarius, which changes the dynamics too, of that healing, that going back here. Because uh, Tracy, you had brought up, and that's why 
I pointed it out, Mars and Venus. Well, the next day after the conjunction are united. And then since then, or maybe I did, it would be, the point being, it's a unification and then they have a lot of work to do. They've got a lot of more aspects happening. Well, it's kind of interesting too, if you think about it, you know, this Aries being about the self and, and everybody healing, figuring out who they are within the collective as the collective goes through this massive shift. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it makes cosmic sense that, you know, we're given this opportunity to heal on the self level while we're trying to figure out what direction we're going in. Um, yeah. And those two plant, no, it's, oh, it's right. It's Jupiter. It's not Uranus. Pardon me. I was going to say, but they're still sextile, which means that this, this growth and contraction process is in motion too. You know, like we were saying, moving to heal. There's a lot of energy conspiring just on a consciousness level that if we pick up on it, it works with our charts that can help it, us along. It's also kind of interesting that leading up to this through January, there's some important squares that hit the no the hit the nodal axis from Capricorn. And so it's like, and it's from personal planets. So, you know, Mercury is going to conjunct Mars and square the nodes. Mercury is going to conjunct or square. And then Venus is going to also make a hard aspect. It's going to square. And so it's almost like we get those personal planets going through Capricorn so we can revisit the Pluto and Capricorn stuff before we move forward. So there's kind of this interesting transition and in a square, some kind of conflict that we're going to have to go through uh, before we hit the conjunction um, in that last chart in February. Yeah, I think that that's a good point of just thinking that sort of like a retrograde almost, right? And yeah. once it goes direct, it's like, oh, those last little bits, what didn't we complete over the last decade that we have to revisit? Um, and our relationship with self, other, and authority, right? Which is those archetypes. And how, where do we still have an unhealthy relationship with that? And, needing, and really it's a T-square, right? If it's with the nodes to Capricorn, so it's bringing in that Cancerian archetype to as the polarity point of the Capricorn. And so what, what is lack, where are we not nurturing self or others, right? Um, whether and other being family, friends, neighbors, and globally, other, right? Um, and the need to remember that what's needing care, what's needing nurturing. Um, and just to discover our own pathway. I think in our chat that I love that idea, the realization that it is who's in control if we're in our, because it's that willingness. I think what you're talking about, Laura, I love because in, in, in thinking about our, our relationship with self and others, we make those choices, which is our boundaries, our needs in relationship to others, because again, that illness, uh, that that the wound is partly renegotiating our boundaries, our stress levels, it, me versus the we. It's um, finding our way, finding our way. 
Well, and something that I didn't realize until this last week is that the U.S. is having their Chiron return in April. Not this year. It's going to be later. It's at, it's at, yeah, yeah. we're getting close. But the, the first happening. pass is in uh, April. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I've April, been thinking April about April 20th. That. Yeah. Um, and so it's like everybody gets to do their individual work as, you know, as the country is also going to have to look at um, those Chiron issues and those Aries issues. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I, that has not gone unnoticed, but I'm glad to realize it's not, it's like any procrastination. It's going to happen. Oh, it's happening. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I think some of what's good about, I mean, thinking about that of like the idea of self and other is that self can mean many things. Self can be my own physical, just me human and self can be your community. Even if it's it's it as an, its own entity, its country as an entity is still self. Um, it's part of it, yes, right. And so, yeah, the the wounds and that revisiting, right? So even looking at you know, like I was talking, we were I was mentioning with Canada and like what might be revisited around the dual language, right? What and for us, right? It was like well, Roe v. Wade being overturned was a Chiron return. Right. So what's being revisited, what old wounds that we uh, that have scarred over, but not healed. Right. Right. Come back to our consciousness that need attention still. Mm -hmm. And can and leading into the the healer part of it, as opposed to. It oh, well, it's not actively bothering me, so I won't pay attention. And I'm thinking identity. Identity with the group, the culture. It's also like-mindedness, thinking Pluto going into Aquarius. And so it's what are those, those conditions that we think are like-minded, are the qualities. They've shifted so much since this country started way back in 1776. Not just, you know, the voting. We all can vote. For instance, men, everybody, women, rather, everybody. <laughs> Thank you. So it, it, it's, it's that re, with, with, it'll be most intriguing with Pluto as our transformer of deep past and, and, and spiritually connected psychological truth of, of how we reconnect in this network that Aquarius wants at once interaction and, and stay away from elitism, but to redefine. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like what you said too, about the, you know, the collective identity, because so many of the things that have happened in the past few years have been, you know, an assault on people's identities. If you think about things that are happening with the LGBTQ community and the Roe v. Wade is, you know, personal autonomy over our own bodies. So those are all such Chiron and Aries things, you know, um, that affect communities as self and not just the individual, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so seeing, you know, where's there the opportunity to heal as opposed to, I mean, like, yes, the wounds needing to be highlighted 
so they can heal. Yeah. Right. What's it's interesting that. is the side effect of those things that have happened is that um, those communities, you know, groups of women have come together to help women with their health issues and groups of people in the LGBTQ community have come, you know, so it's creating different community in a much more mm. healing way, which is the Pluto that in Aquarius idea that you're talking about, Sue. So the positive yes. side of where that can go. There's many facets of this healing too. I think as we had there's this compassion fatigue that one has as the he as the caregiver in in working to heal someone. And really it gets back to that point that was made up during not made up, but brought up that who does the healing? Well, it's the self that does the healing. It's not the the guide, really. It and that was the maybe that's the point really of Chiron. He could help promote the healing for other people so that they could do their healing, but he didn't have anybody to help promote his own healing. I mean, for him to understand. Anyway, I'm getting kind of caught up there. But the point is, is that we're guides, we're only facilitators. Well, and that that's true for every right? physician heal thyself, right? It's, mm. it is that idea that ultimately all like as astrologers, we can't, we can give advice. We can give counsel. We can't do the work for our clients. It's up to them <laughs> that that's true with any kind of healing. You can you know, bring in energy and hold space and bring in opportunity for healing, but that individual has to be receptive on some level to take in the healing. You know, there we can't, they have to be the one who let, removes the inertia and the resistance. Yeah. Free choice. Yes. Tracy? Yeah, well, and it's interesting, too, if you think about what's happening um, in lots of countries when it comes to our health care, people have to self-advocate. And that seems to be like an ongoing theme that we see all over is that you need to advocate for yourself because nobody else is going to do that for you. And so, you know, taking health into your own hands and make sure that you have what you need. I, I love accountability. You know, when one really starts to journey on any healing factor in one's own life it's such a pleasure to realize that the decisions start and be and stop with oneself ultimately so that it's that control of your own direction that you that, that can manifest in a really positive manner by taking that ownership yeah and i think too maybe this is part of the chiron and aries journey is a greater awareness at least in the alternative medicine world, not the allopathic world, but that there isn't a panacea that works for everyone, that we each need, we may need to be our own advocates, but that everyone is so nuanced that what works for me to get rid of a headache isn't going to be what works for Tracy necessarily, right? We have the underlying causal reasons for it are uniquely individual and so the treatment has to be tailored as such and that may be part of a greater awareness that could potentially come out of this period of time as well is is more individualized medicine as opposed to 
one treatment for one illness, regardless of confounding issues or, or other, you know, social, emotional, environmental variables. Um, and that, that, that could be a beautiful thing that could come out of this time is a greater awareness of that. Yeah, I love that. Such as, I was thinking, the acoutonic sound therapy. Perhaps all that beautiful backdrop that you have, Tracy, perhaps you want to talk a little bit about that. Um, about it. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely, uh, acutonics definitely speaks to that idea where there's not just one answer for everything. I know that we, one of the modules that we do um, teaches you, you know, with different health issues, what kind of treatments to do, but we're always being reminded that each person is different. And because acutonics works with the planetary frequency, sound frequencies and different tuning forks and chimes, um, you, if you do have the astrology training, you can look at a chart and completely individualize the treatment based on somebody's uh, unique natal chart and, and work with the system that way as well and be able to kind of use the planetary frequencies to help move energy that may be blocked in the, in the chart or um, ideas like that. And Chiron yeah. is actually one of the, um, one, a very powerful frequency that we work with in acutonics. And as far as the 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 founder was in Taos, New Mexico, Ellen, somebody, but in Seattle, where this is being broadcast from, is also a woman who does. I think she's been on KKNW, perhaps, and she does animals. And her name Jude Jude Ponton. Yeah. Jude Ponton, so I want to do a call out that, and I don't really know how she operates with consultations or anything or with animals. She's easy to search because I know she's got a YouTube channel, so I know you can find her pretty easily. She's got a great little studio with all of her gongs. Every time I see her videos, I'm like, I want to go and get treated in her studio. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, Yeah, she's, yeah. uh, I've, I've seen a video of hers and it's just really a, a, a art motion, which I'm sure yours are too, the way I love that idea of sound. And Laura, before we go and you, you're doing this retreat and it's with your own myth. And I think that's such a strong part of, part of that. Yeah. Chironic. It may not be associated totally, but you do do the myth work, personal yes. myth work. What are the stories that we carry, right? And so, and some of the stories we carry aren't even ours, right? That's part of, there's somebody else's story that we're living, our grandmother's story of love becomes how we define it as opposed to our own story. And impacts how we are in partnership. You you really inspired me. My grandmother, our grandmother, I have siblings, and our mother, Love Sergino de Bergiac. Well, you know that's unrequited love, and I just thought this this stinks. <laughs> unrequited love stinks. I hate that archetype, <laughs> but it, is, it does have some truth to it. I know. But yeah, like, so I mean, the personal myth work is is unpacking what are the stories we're living into, and which ones are maladaptive, and we can rewrite what what are unhealthy stories that we carry that aren't. Maybe they served us at one time. Yeah. We're not, we've evolved as a being and and unpacking the story so we can have 
ones that are more in alignment with where we want our lives to go. Yeah, it's that fragmentation that that thinking, looking back, like is that as we're moving to heal, where we've felt alone. And particularly, and, yes, I mean, around Chiron. So what are the stories we have around health or wellness, right? That really impacts that how people approach medicine or avoiding doctors or self-care, right? What are the, what was the, from a psychological perspective, what's the psychological imprinting they got around those stories and changing that relationship with health or wellness, right? People who were afraid of the doctor. Okay, well, how changing their relationship with health and wellness so they can have preventative medicine? Well, that goes into, and, and we only have about three, two and a half minutes, so we don't want to spend the whole time. It's a huge <laughs> subject. But there is this controversy, and it's very chironic, of the assisted dying. I had a dear friend in my last, an older woman in mid 90s, that I guess had a disease. Uh, was going to die hospice within six months. And she did do a assisted dying. And, and it does bring up this whole factor, which in conversation here was who's in control of that. Supposedly the person, you know, it's, it's like, and maybe it's that deconditioning too. You're talking about Pluto in Capricorn, which is so much conditioning. And how are we addressing that? Is there any thought, Tracy, I know you brought up that. Yeah, I just find it interesting that, um, you know, often one person can be really, really um, an advocate for autonomy and um, self-direction until you bring up death. And then it's like, no, no, you don't get to make that choice. So it's it's such an interesting topic. And even if you think about, you know, Chiron being two sides. (laughs) And so this is one of those very Chironic issues where it's like it can within one person, there can be the conflict of, you know, yeah, how that should go. Well, even like he's he chooses to die. Right. He is an excruciating pain. He chooses liberation. Right. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think autonomy until it makes me uncomfortable, right, right. tends to right. be how things, whether, yeah, right to die, other variables too, right? Like, yeah, people having autonomy over their medical choices till it makes me uncomfortable. It is really fascinating. In yoga, I was going to try to work online with somebody that is very good doing it and he was saying until we confront our death we're that's the whole idea in life and it takes you into another space to to do so because then you can live so it is about living even chiron managed to live in the heavens he's transformed it's always these new senses of of sharing our stories how do we do that it's going to be an exciting 2024 i think putting it all together Definitely. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be dull. <laughs> and we have more in, in in compatibility with Canada than we realize. Maybe we can really get some unity going there. Thank you both, Tracy and Laura. It's been wonderful.
Thank you for joining an insightful conversation on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests awaken consciousness by connecting soul growth patterns with astrology's energetic cycles. Be sure to tune in next Sunday, 1 p.m. Pacific Time, to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway.